Hello and welcome to Anime Out of Context, the show where I attempt to explain the sometimes weird, sometimes wonderful, but always hilarious world of anime. And I take both halves today. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. This is a Remington episode. There, there, there's just Remington, all Remington, all the time. Uh, you may be wondering, hey, where's Sean this week? Don't ask questions that you don't want to know the answer to. All right. Um, he, if I may get serious for a moment, um, shortly after recording our last episode, uh, Sean said that he was going to spend some quality time with his Daki Makura collection in his Daki Makura castle, you know, and I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you tomorrow, and, and the next day came, and I hadn't heard from him, and a few days later, still hadn't heard from him, um, eventually, I, I'm contacting him, being like, hey, we gotta, we gotta record the next episode, and I'm, I'm just not hearing back from him, um, Dylan has, has told me that, Sean, Sean is yet to return from his Dokimakura castle. Um, there's some disturbing sounds coming from the castle. Not painful sounds, um, but disturbing sounds. And, and so, you know, I, I think Sean is just lost in, in, in bliss and ecstasy. And, uh, you know, good for him. Good for him. Uh, li li live your life, Sean. We're all, we're all proud of you for living your truth. With all of your 2D waifus. Uh, nonetheless, what I'm going to be doing is I have compiled 10 of the worst anime tropes. And I'm just going to rant about them and spiral myself into the abyss. Alright? Uh, and while I rant about them, I'm, I'm going to talk about why they are bad. And talk about what should be done better. Alright? Uh, and and what we're going we're gonna to see how well this generally goes as as i just normally i have sean here to like send me into the abyss right no no now it's uh, it's my job to send me into the abyss and i think i i'm i'm just the man to do it god damn it so let's start with number one and they're not necessarily in uh like a particular order but these are just 10 of the worst ones that i could think of number one obviously it's gonna be bland bitch protagonists now obviously uh, to our, our $2 Bland Bitch Protagonist patrons. I love you guys. But when I'm watching a show, watching a Bland Bitch Protagonist, it, it's impossible to get invested. Now, I know why they do it, right? Like, I get it. They want it to be bland so that we can insert ourselves into it. So that we can be like, oh, they don't have a personality. Therefore, they actually have my personality. Uh, but it, it just saves them from having to make any, like, actually interesting decisions with either the story or the character themselves. It's not a good way to make a character. Like, you need to have hooks, you need to have wrinkles, you need to have texture to these characters. Otherwise, who gives a shit? And that doesn't mean that they need to all be like a tragic, brooding son of a bitch. Like, that's not what we're saying here. All that we're saying is they need to be something. They need to have some motivation, some goals, some desires in this world. And, and if they just have no personality, I don't want to fucking watch it. Uh, number two, and this often goes with bland bitch protagonists, is... Dead parents. All right. Anime? What the fuck is wrong with you? Anime and Disney. Why Why can't we have living parents? Because 
parents can be amazing characters, all right? Some, some of the best characters out there are parents. Heck, even if we want to stay in the world of anime, take Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, take Hughes. Hughes was a phenomenal character and also a great dad, a lovely family man. But like having having those dynamics, or you you can go a different dynamic, right? My favorite anime of all time, obviously, that's gonna be Jimmy Neutron. And Jimmy Neutron's dad, like, oh man, what a fella. What a <laughs> Truly, truly, uh, my, my husbando is, is Mr. Neutron. Oh, <laughs> uh, really, uh, Jimmy Neutron's dad, I think I, his name is Hugh as well. So Hughes and Hugh, any dad named Hugh. Let's replace all of the dead parents with a bunch of, of dads. And you can, like, it can be... Just a double dad scenario. They can just be gay dads named Hugh that are just really wholesome or quirky and wacky and care about their kids, right? That's what I want. That's, that's the world I want to see, goddammit. Number three, moving on from whatever clusterfuck train wreck that was. Number three, uh, another terrible thing. I want to talk about Weekly Shonen for a moment, or really... Anything that was that had to be created from weekly source material, right? Because here's the thing: there's nothing inherently wrong with with producing content every single week, right? That's that that's fine. But the the problem is when you're trying to to make a in any way serious narrative. If you're trying to create drama and intrigue and depth then a weekly format is going to be wildly flawed. One, you aren't going to have some great foreshadowing moments because a lot of time you'll be like, oh shit, that's a good idea to do right now. <laughs> and so it's, it's uh, something you're implementing in the moment rather than having crafted an entire story already start to finish where you can have those moments in the beginning that foreshadow the moments towards the end. Or even further, you get so much filler and inconsistency because it takes them time to figure out cool shit. And so that means that cool shit gets diluted and stretched out. It doesn't mean that you can't have cool shit, but it means that it's going to be significantly worse. Uh, Sean has multiple times said that he's very frightened uh, for when we get to, to like, Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Z and whatnot, because, uh, obviously, this falls into that category to an extreme amount. It is, I mean, you're gonna have, like, eight episodes of them arguing in the middle of a battle. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But I, I just think that... It's one of the reasons why it's so, so nice to have online streaming services, for example, like Netflix, where uh, I'm, I'm going to argue binge culture ha has objectively improved storytelling. And the reason is being able to put everything out right away, right? So therefore you can analyze it. It's always fresh in your mind. Uh, the, therefore they have already created 
the whole product before putting it out so you can have those intriguing foreshadowing moments. You don't have these weird moments that happen a lot in like Isekai where all of a sudden in episode eight, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, this is a mechanic of the Isekai. And you're like, oh, is it? And they're like, yeah, yeah, of course. And it definitely has been all along, even though it wouldn't really make sense before. Uh, but hey, we came up with a cool idea now. And even if it doesn't make sense, we got to fit it in now. Like that doesn't happen because you get a full finished product. Uh, number four, because I'm talking about Isekai, let's talk about Isekai world building. Something I've ranted so much about. And let's talk about jargon as world building. That's not how that works. Trying to stuff a bunch of unique words, as many unique words and phrases that you can, so that you give the illusion of depth, when in actuality, there is no depth. Once you get past these buzzwords, you see it's a little kiddie pool. There, it, it, it's shallow as hell and just as boring. Look, if you want to have actual quality world building, then you need to think through the implications of things, the relationships between things. Oh, okay, so if this world has X, then how would that affect Y? And so on and so on and so on. And that's how you can create really interesting, unique worlds, rather than being like, oh yes, we need a brand new word for this thing that applies universally. Cool. It's like, just, just shut the fuck up. Uh, let's go to, to number five. Number five, uh, the accidental pervert trope. I don't know why it's so common where it's like, oh no, I've tripped and fallen uh, and I'm grabbing upon your boob. Or, oh no, I have walked in and you happened to be in a compromising position. Uh, and then the guy usually gets blamed and he gets called a pervert. Uh, and it's never funny. Like, they try to be, I, I think that it's supposed to be humorous, but genuinely, there has never been a single instance in it. Out of all of the anime that we have ever seen, not a single one that I've been like, oh, okay, that's humorous, that's funny, that's good. No, every time I let out a groan and I feel like it adds nothing. Uh, and it, yeah, it, you could just do without it. Similar, you know, let's just talk about fan service for a moment. All right. Look, weebs, I know, I know you're horny. All right. You're horny. You want that anime booba? Sure. Okay. But like, why, why do you need everything to be horny? Like absolutely everything. For, for instance, Let's take a, a not, uh, not like active anime example, but a tangential example. Let's talk about a, a subreddit. Sometimes I'm browsing through Reddit, right? Uh, and one subreddit I like is, is me IRL. Uh, I, whenever that pops up, I'll, I'll click on it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, and, and it's just all for, uh, relatable and usually a little bit depressing content is, is what me IRL is for. Uh, but there's a subreddit anime. IRL, uh, which is, is supposed to be, uh, like you take anime or manga or bullshit like that. And, oh, look, it's nice and relatable as well. But here's the fucking thing. Every time it, it pops up and I see it, 
or at least nine out of ten times, it's horny as fuck. It's not like, wow, how relatable. It's, oh, okay, they're horny. Usually it is, wow, I am sad and I wish that I had a sexy woman. And it's like, what is it? Guys, are you okay? <laughs> like, these are not the solutions. And that may not be representative of the subreddit as a whole. It may only be representative of the examples that that get the most upvotes and so that I see them even though I'm not on the subreddit, right? Uh, but nonetheless, guys, it's, it's okay to be horny, but that's what hentai is for, my dudes. If you want hentai, go watch hentai. Not every single goddamn show needs to be hentai. Let's move on to number six before I, I blow my brains out. Uh, cause, oh boy, that one, uh, I could talk, I could rant about that one for far too long. Uh, number six, something that happens a lot with anime, and it happens also in Western media, but it happens a ton in anime, is when they have an asshole character, right? Just total jackass. Uh, and this character is somehow justified or redeemed, not through their actions, but because it's explained that they had some tragic past. No, that's not how it works, y'all. If you have a tragic backstory, right, then I might offer you some sympathy, but that in no way excuses or justifies you being a terrible person. If you are a terrible person, then you need to develop the self-awareness to recognize that fact, and then you need to be better, all right? You need to be better because you have caused harm in the world. Oh no, you were hurt in the past. Look, I get it. That's a struggle and I feel bad for you. However, that doesn't give you the right to do absolutely anything you want to fucking do. All right. It blows my mind that so often anime thinks this is okay. One example that we saw uh, re relatively recently, or we revisited relatively recently, was in Your Lie in April, right? Where uh, both Kosei and especially Kosei's mom, like, they're trying to say that Kosei's mom actually, she was abusive, but it's because she was, like, on her deathbed and or whatever. No! No! Like, abuse cannot and should not be justified. That doesn't mean that, theoretically, if you were abusive once, therefore, you you are a terrible person forevermore. No, no. It just means that it is up to you, once again, to become better and to, as, as best you can, fix the harm that you have created. Uh, and, and similarly, since we're talking about abuse and unhealthy relationships, number seven. Oh, baby, it's a tsundere. Possibly the worst of all of the dairies. Now, let me explain. It's not the the most toxic dairy, right? I mean, yandere's exist, and clearly, clearly those are wildly unhealthy and toxic. But, like, we know that about yandere's. Even weebs, the vast majority of weebs would look at a yandere, and even the ones that are, like, thirsting over yandere's, they can recognize, like, yeah, not what you would ideally want in a partner. That's not conducive to a successful relationship, right? However, when it's a tsundere, for some reason, 
y'all weebs start thinking, oh no, they're perfect, they're amazing, it can, it's a totally great relationship. Are you out of your fucking mind? The lack of communication, the emotional immaturity, the actual violence, and usually verbal abuse as well. Like, y'all, what about that makes it okay? Oh, well, it's because amidst all of that, sometimes they're cute and nice. No! No! Just being like, oh yeah, don't worry, sometimes my abuser is cute. What the fuck? <laughs> no, that's guys! That's not good enough. Now, if, if, if they are like consensually humiliating you or whatever the hell, that's fine. That's okay. But with Sundarese, that isn't the case. So it is not okay. Uh, Sundarese, trash dare, uh, easily the, the worst of all of like the main dares, both in how it is, how, how it is almost deified. It is raised up as a paragon of such, oh man, I wish I had a Sundarese, all that bullshit. Combined with, they're also just boring. They're all the fucking same. They have no personality beyond, I'm a Sundere. It always hits the exact same beats. Like, I, I cannot bring myself to care about Sundere's nor root for them to succeed in the relationship in whatever show they're in. It's just bad on every single front. And it hurts me. Number eight. <laughs> Number eight. Uh, now this one, this one is not just an anime thing. Um, but it's something I notice a lot when watching anime because I consume a lot of anime. But I, I would probably have this opinion for just about all shows, whether it be Western or Eastern, uh, and most genres. I think that plot armor is almost universally a bad thing. All right, let me explain. Because it's so accepted into the the sort of cultural milieu and, and this is how we tell stories. Obviously, important characters have plot armor, right? Uh, but I, I think that, I think that any show that is trying to be tense or serious and have proper life or death stakes, right? Any show that is trying to present the possibility of the main characters being in danger, I don't think plot armor is useful for that. In fact, I think usually in the first half of a series, in the first like three to six episodes, I would argue, I, I think a character should die if you want to really raise the stakes. Now I know it's the meme, haha, <laughs> Remington likes child murder, Remington just wants to see all these characters die. It's because I think it's really subversive and interesting and I think it should just be done more because it shows that, yeah, this is serious and you can't, and a lot of shows will be like, ah, yes, here you go, uh, a, a character you've never seen before. Wow, they seem to be really emphasizing this character in this episode for some reason. Oh, it's because they die in the next episode. And it's like, ah, no, I'm talking about you establish a character, establish like a long-term story arc for them, and then you cut that story arc after like the first third. 
And people are like, but, but wait a minute, what about all this other stuff that was going to happen with that character? And it's like, yes, exactly. All that stuff that could have happened with that character, and yet now it does not because, because we take death seriously. And from that point on, if you're watching that show, you're like, well, shit, I care. Because now it isn't a given that these characters are going to have satisfying story arcs. No, it can be cut off at any point. And I really want to see these story arcs happen. So I'm glued to the TV, hoping for them to survive, hoping for them to make it through, hoping for them to accomplish their story, their goals, their motivations, because we have seen that that is not assured. Meanwhile, a lot of shows, tr like they pretend that the main characters are in danger. They'll be like, oh man, who th this is the greatest trial yet how will they get out of it and it's like uh pr probably just bullshit and like a lot of shows they'll they'll build up the suspense it'll be like aha it it seems impossible for our hero to get out of this situation and you'll be like yeah it really does but like surely they wouldn't kill them right now right uh and, and so you you have that tension and then you're like, all right, so either the character's going to die, which would be crazy, or there's going to be some super creative and well-thought-out solution for how they're going to get out of this impossible situation. And then instead, the show is like, ah, what about a third option of bullshit? And and then they'll be like, ah, did you know this, this deus ex machina we've never introduced till now? And I'm like, what the fuck? And it's like, ah, yes, and so therefore they're saved. And, and when that happens, what that convinces me is I don't need to ever worry about a character dying because there's always going to be a random bullshit thing that you're going to introduce. Now, characters don't actually have to die, right? Uh, but in some way or another, you need to show, if, if you are, once again, a high-stakes, intense show that wants to, wants death to seem like, like a risk. In shows like that, you need to convince me that death is possible. And I would argue the best way to do that is by showing me the death of a, like, really important fleshed out character. There are other ways. I think that's the best one. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine is when you have OP characters. Specifically, not just any kind of OP characters, because sometimes you can have an OP character and they're fun and they're interesting. You can have a One Punch Man or or a, a Slime Reincarnate, right? You can have those types of things, and it's like cool. That that can be enjoyable. But I'm talking about characters who they show up, right? And and usually there's a scene, something along the lines of, oh, you're gonna have to go toe to toe with this like this other person who's a prodigy they are the best around they are so ridiculously amazing uh this other person has has done it all they've set the records you know so it's protagonist versus prodigy and then the protagonist who has a tenth of the experience of of the prodigy who not only has more experience but if everybody is talking about how like holy shit this person's so talented. And then protagonist just shows up and is is automatically better. And it's like, okay, cool. And this sort of just relates to power creep 
generally, right? I think it's wildly lazy to tell a story in that way. Look, I get it. You want to show that your character is able to succeed. Your character is special. There are other ways to do that. Uh, let, let's talk about Your Lie in April one more time. Every single time Kose steps up and does a concert, right? The, you have multiple characters being like, holy shit, Kose's on stage. Wildly unnecessary and very, very lazy. Instead, you can have one character comment on it and the audience will know, oh, that is a big deal, right? So you can have a character simply be wildly impressive without showing them as the single greatest of all time. And I think that's usually the better way of handling things because it takes your world seriously. It says, yeah, no, th there are real serious threats in this world. There are other very talented characters in this world. It isn't just the case where our protagonist is the single greatest by orders of magnitude and thus the only one you ever need to care about. Uh, just generally, OP protagonists, they can so easily be done wrong and lazily. And it's just because they, it, it's like, oh, how do we show they're good? By showing they are the best. It's like, oh, no, no. That's that. There's, there's better ways, y'all. All right. All right. Let's round things out. Let's get to number 10. Our final one. All right. Number 10 is the ageless lolly. Uh, you, you all know the type where it's like, oh shit, are you a literal child? And it's like, oh no, I am actually 470 years old because of reasons. And then all of the weebs online are like, no, it's okay for me to be sexually attracted to this character. They're 470. And it's like, okay, okay, let, 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 let's, let's investigate this. Let, let, let's bring Chris Hansen on over. Let's investigate this thought process, all right? Okay, so they are of age. Cool, all right. So theoretically, you're arguing, yeah, well, while the body may may, may be petite, right? The, the mind, the personality, it's mature. But now hold on a minute, weebs. I want you to think about any lolly, all right? First first lolly archetype that comes to mind, whatever character. Uh, and now I just have a few questions. And chances are, who knows, some of you will pass this, uh, but I think most of you, most of you will will see with your selected lolly. Uh, think about their personality, all right? Would you describe it as a, a, a nice old personality? Perhaps the personality of someone in their 470s? Perhaps even just in their 70s? No? Interesting. In fact, would you probably describe their personality as as very childlike, sometimes completely infantilized? Hmm, how how curious. So you are weeps, you you're saying, oh no, it's okay that someone who looks like a child and has the personality of a child and acts like a child and has the maturity of a child but they've theoretically existed for 470 years old. No, I, I don't, y'all, I don't buy that. I don't buy it, and it makes me actively uncomfortable. And I think there needs to be some self-reflection. It's all right to be in 
to to people who are a bit more petite. That's totally all right. It's okay to to be into people with uh, a childlike personality. But if you are really, really in to people with both of those qualities to a, a really intense degree, all I'm asking is a little bit of self-reflection. I'm not saying that it's wildly problematic in every case. I'm sure that there are still, even, even in these examples I've listed, there's still some fine and acceptable instances that are okay. But weebs, there's times where it crosses some lines, and I think we should all recognize that. And there we go. Ten terrible anime tropes uh, that I really don't like. And, I, and not just I don't like, but I think that they are are lazy. I think they are bad storytelling. I think they're less interesting. Uh, and or I think they are problematic. Usually a combination of all of those factors. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in to uh, really just Remington out of context this week. Uh, if you want to reach out, whether a comment, question, feedback, recommendation, or uh, to, to send messages over to Sean in his docky bunker, uh, then you can tweet us at AnimeConPod on Twitter or send an email over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. If you want to support us, then please feel free to leave a review on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. It genuinely helps us so much get those algorithms uh, to send us to brand new people. Or even better, word of mouth is the best way that we can grow. A little bit more directly, we have a Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash anime out of context, uh, where where we stream sometimes. Sean currently streaming some Elden Ring and getting his ass kicked. <laughs> and last but not least, if you want to support us uh, financially, then uh, head over to our Patreon. Uh, it, it blows our mind continually that that we have reached such support from you guys, and we really appreciate it. Uh, and with that, uh, our, our patron, you get all sorts of rewards, bonus content, uh, special messages, uh, uh, the highest tiers get shitty fan fiction, and of course, there's also shout outs. And so, as always, we would like to send our regards to all of our bland bitch protagonists, sorry for uh, blatantly attacking you, and our magical girls, who we really appreciate. But moving on, we reach the Yandere Waifu tier who are stripping us from all of our plot armor uh, and and are, are just murdering us, just straight up. They are stabbing us in the eyeball repeatedly. They're making us suffer, um, but with a smile. So it's they're, they're, they're cute, so it's okay. Uh, and on that list, we have Alex, Xanax, Yontasaurus Rex, Yandere Neko, Yahir, Yshon, Yshon, who else is sick of snowstorms messing with getting to work? What does a little sister ride, a Nissan, Walk me home gently, wacky hypotheticals, Vaney Jordan, Yuliana, Trifingers Horse But Whole, uh, Totally God, The Don, The Susanator, That Film Guy, That Was the Worst Throw Ever of All Time, Sorry Took Me So Long to Fix My Name, ADHD and All That Jazz, Silent Secondary, Shoujo Addict, Don't Send Help, Send Me More Romance Tropes Because My Husband Isn't a Romantic, is the title of my light novel, Sean sure looks sexy in those cat ears, right fellas, uh, Salty Pretzel, Rhiannon Williams, Remington Merrill, Remington and Sean, it's up to you to be funny or I'm giving up and dropping out of school. Hope you got a plan B. Ready to be Isekai'd. 
Pasta La Vista, you have mama'd your last meal. <laughs> oh, fuck. Only God can judge them. It's up to me to send them to him. Irish wristwatch. No waifu, no waifu. Navi, my substitute teacher typed in high school into Google and the top autofill was, I don't know, it's Weeby. So maybe it's like they typed high school and then Google autofilled like high school DXD. Is that it? Do I understand the joke? Oh, fuck. I'm so dumb. Uh, Mr. Marshmallow Man, Mike the Mutilator, Matthew Drum says Sean's a bitch, Mad O2 Max, Lukey O, Luke Offenberger, Kazu Morocco, Casey Mosley, Cassidy, Just a Traveler, Julian Garcia, Jax, Jam Hands, I Remington redact my statements on Toradora. Also, hey Dylan, wanna fuck? Ooh. I will also, I will now be doing weekly questions distinguished by my signature at the end, Nova. I want Rem to ruin DITF for me. I, Remington, enjoy Moe Lolly Girls. I have the power. I could be the hero. I could be the villain. It doesn't really matter. I can make this idiot say anything. I have no reason to believe that I am Beery Beery, so I will assume that it's this cat's name, Reasons Misaka. I guess you're on Keter duty. Hunter Davies. Hunger Bunger. He's not my boyfriend. The pool and I are just friends with benefits. Hey, you, slob on my knob, the corner of the cob, dagging my head like a rabbit in bed, do a moan. Uh, Glenn Michael Dolan, fuck of love foxen boy. First we had Linus Weenus, then Biggest Dickus, and now we have present Elitus Fetus, brought to you by Gugus Gagas. Ferdinand the Bull. Farmer Weebs, bad pickup line of the week. Your body is 70% water and I'm thirsty. Fantide, Extreme Cobra. Epic Amy, Data Type, Darkstorm 713. Dante Soriano, Daddy Dylan's yogurt doesn't taste yummy at all. Creed 13, Coral Empire. Code Yeast exists. Shy 900, Cheese Monkey, Cajun House. Bushy Road just announced a Pixar set for the Japanese White Swords. Do you got a friend in me? Uh, Brockhard for Geodudes. Big Blue Bear Boy. Be like Harry and don't fuck your sister unless it's your redheaded best friend sister. Audio Glitch. Ariel Bird. Andrew Rowkey. Elise Howard. AJ Honey. Adam McLaughlin. A, it's not a VTuber reference. It's a Senzawa reference. Thank you all so much. Now, we move on to the Boy Wizard tier. We move on over to Hogwarts. Where, uh, what we're gonna do is we're, we're, we were talking about some, some lovely parents, right? Uh, so everyone's going to get some cartoon or anime dads. Are they good? Are they shit? Is it Western? Is it Eastern? Sure is the answer to all of it. We start with, what is love? A vow, a band of gold, an ephemeral state of mind, or an action, perhaps a gift, only truly received when reciprocated. All right, you're a cartoon dilf. <laughs> oh, God, I hate it as I said it. Uh, you are, oh, you, you, you got, you got the best one. Sir Nigel Archibald Thornberry. <laughs> oh my God, you got fucking Nigel, dude. That's your, that's your husbando right there. Uh, warning, we still remember the barrel. Uh, you are going to get... Uh, all right, you, you're gonna get a weeby one. I don't know this one. It's Master Makarov. He's apparently bald as hell. Uh, then we have Tony the Great. Uh, and Tony the Great, you, uh, my favorite cartoon dad, you're getting, uh, Tony. Some people may not know that Tony the Tiger, uh, is, is a dad. Uh, but, but, uh, no, he, he, uh, left, uh, he, he left when he heard that they were pregnant, uh, but he does have to pay child support and he complains about it every month. 
Uh, then we move on to time line. Time is not made out of lines. It is made out of circles. That is why clocks are round. Nyanpasu, Nyanpasu. Uh, you are going to get, uh, ah, fuck. Joseph Joestar. There you go. There's your husbando, dad. Uh, stick meat. You are getting Popeye. There you go. Uh, he is a sailor man. Uh, Silk Inspector, you are gonna get, uh, you're getting Fred Flintstone. You know? That's your dilf. Rap Visa, the finish and second, and the second coming of the White Death, you are going to get uh, another weeby one that I don't know. Oga Tatsumi? I don't know. Hopefully you know that one, because I don't. Uh, I, I see cover art that confuses me, and I'm gonna just stop looking at that. Uh, Pocket Gamer 513, your, uh, your DILF is gonna be, uh, I mean, the show isn't good, but it is definitely a DILF. Uh, Joichiro Yukahira from Food Wars. Uh, I mean, what, what, what a man. What a man. PL Mare, you are going to get, uh, why not? You get Maze Hughes. Odinafish, you're getting Papa Smurf. Uh, MT the Poet, you are going to get, uh, uh, Professor Utonium from the Powerpuff Girls. There you go. Uh, Momo the Griff, you are getting Daichi Sawamura from Haikyuu. Mike Wants an Overlord Review, you are going to get Minato Namikaze from Naruto. No idea who it is, but sure, why not? Miguel Delion, you are going to get Stu Pickles from the Rugrats. Uh, it will only be a select number of episodes before the darkest day. I wonder what torture option Rem will decide for Sean, hee hee hee. Uh, I, I can say this because Sean's not going to listen this far. I, I, I have plans. I have plans. They're, they're in the works. Uh, but you, your DILF is going to be Mr. Kimura? Um, I also, I don't know how to pronounce the show he's in. Because it's written in Japanese. Sorry. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, Inuyasha is my favorite crypt. It says, I feel like Yumiko Jabami because I'd gamble it all for your heart. And you are going to get Ishigami Byakuya from Dr. Stone. Know nothing about that one, so we're just going to hope you like it. Uh, I'm the president of Dracula United, not Remington. It is false. Uh, and you get Peter Griffin for that. There's, there's your husbando. Hinata's the ball of sunshine. You are going to get George Jetson. Uh, we, we've done quite a bit of classic ones. Uh, Harrison, uh, let's go back into anime. Uh, you are going to get Hankill. <laughs> Best anime dad. You can pretend it's not true, but we all know it's true. Uh, good luck pronouncing my name. It's Cloaky Tequila. Oh no, it's it's suddenly not cloaky tequila. <laughs> it's not tequila. Um no, that's what I'm going with, and I'm sorry. Uh you get Kaguya Ubiyashigi from I think Demon Slayer. Uh Fisherman from Norway, you are going to get Erika Umino from Naruto. Do you work at Subway? Cause you just gave me a foot long. You are going to get your Dilf Suntendo from Ranma? I got no fucking idea, dude. Uh, Derpy Pangu, you get Dave Seville from Alvin and the Chipmunks. Beethoven 1201, aka Kohei Azumi, you are going to get Grandpa Phil from Hey Arnold. Uh, All Father's Curse Fact of the Week, Orville Wright was still alive when Hiroshima and Nagasaki were bombed in 1945. And for that fun fact, your DILF is going to be Soken Ishida from Bleach. Aaron Hegland, you are going to get... Sochiro Yagami from Death Note. And last but not least in this tier, we have... Oh, fuck me. 
From Lord Brock Doof. Probably just speed that up, Dylan, is what I would recommend. Just speed that one up. Um, for putting me through absolute hell, you are getting Randy Marsh from South Park. Uh, now we go to the inappropriate Joey Wheeler tier, where, uh, fittingly, uh, um, we're gonna keep with the dad theme, and I'm gonna give some dad advice, you know? Some good old dad advice as Joey Wheeler for, for each of you. Alright, we start off with, Sean, we should watch Helsinger Bridge next week. And listen, trying to, trying to get anything involved with Helsing, don't make me turn this car around! Uh, there, so there you go. That, that is, that is your dad yelling at you. Um, your dad, Joey Wheeler. Joey Wheeler's all of our dads, is what I like to think. Uh, then we got Magic Ice Ball! Uh, and, 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 and Magic Ice Ball, um, I'll imagine for a moment that, uh, they, they're feeling really hungry and he commented on it, right? Uh, and then, and then Joey replies, Hi, hungry! I'm dead! <laughs> it's such a bad bit! It's such... A shitty, shitty bit. Uh, but here, here we are. Here we are. Uh, to my dear old mom, um, let's see, nice stereotypical dad saying, Hey, working harder, hardly working. And last but not least, Dylan Hayden. Um, Dylan, D Dylan, because you're going above and beyond, I think you need to know, money doesn't grow on trees. Oh, God, it's such a terrible bit. I feel so bad. I feel actively bad that that's, that this is what I, I did. God, I need better ideas. I need so many, I need good ideas first of all. No, just okay ideas, which would be better. Oh, fuck, I'm in the abyss. Uh, <laughs> if, if you want to reach out, whether it's for a comment, question, feedback, or recommendation, tweet us at AnimeCodPod on Twitter, or send an email over onto AnimeOutOfContext at gmail.com. And as always... Thanks for tuning in. Don't fuck your sister. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Dylan.